Let's get scratching. We got an explosive broadcast coming to you. Listen up. Sega games, just keep playing them. Sega! We're back. It's the Sega Bits Swing Report Show. Get ready for Sega interviews and news with George and Barry. Hello and welcome to the Sagabit Swing and Report Show. I'm Barry. With me is George. Like always. Like always. Oh, come on. <laughs> I don't think you were on the last episode, but on this episode no, we are. And we are joined by a very special guest, Mr. T. Lopes, composer. Uh, he's worked on several things, but we're going to be talking about Sonic Mania. Hello, T. Hello, hello. What's going on? Nice. That's a very good YouTuber kind of intro. I like that. <laughs> so well i guess yeah well you you do some streams too right you're a streamer oh only recently i started fiddling with it and i actually uh, liked it a lot so i've been doing it more lately uh took me a while to gather the courage to actually go live um but i've done it and, and as of lately yes i've been streaming so you could call me a streamer now i think that's kind of official <laughs> <laughs> where can people catch your streams uh, uh, my, uh, my YouTube channel, actually, uh, youtube.com slash music. Sweet. All right, cool. Well, and, um, and uh, usually on the weekends, I'm, I don't, I don't always do it at the same time, but I, I'm trying to find a schedule for it. That's the tricky after thing. Sonic mania. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want, I want to start way back. So what consoles and games did you grow up with? So, uh, well, as a kid, I've owned four different consoles, you know, before I became an adult and actually made money to buy my own stuff. So they were in order, in this order. Um, well, there were, there were actually five of them. So I had an Atari uh, 2600 was my very first uh, console, then a Sega Master System, and then one of those knockoff NES <laughs> systems, uh, and then a PlayStation 1, and then, only then, the Sega Genesis and I prefer the Genesis to the PS1, mind you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, to the three with all the 3D graphics, which I thought were pretty ugly at the time. To be very honest with you, I still preferred my 2D graphics that you know looks nice and perfectly shaped, and not all of those crazy squares and triangles just going crazy all over the place. Which was what I thought at the PS1 at the time. We're talking 1997. Mm. So yeah, Genesis for the win. <laughs> So why do you like the Sega Genesis so much, you think? Oh, I'm sure Sonic has a lot to do with it. You know, I, I was always a very big fan of the character growing up. Uh, you know, I thought he was very edgy, very courageous, very, I don't give a, you know, I don't give a damn. I'm just, it's just this very cool, cool character and um, very confident. And, I, you know, I just, I wanted to be just like Sonic. So I guess that kind of influences my love uh, or uh, the reason that I love the Sega Genesis so much because after I got one, I played all the Sonics and, you know, I, I caught up with it, uh, even though it was a little late, but I, it just made me fall in love with the character even more. So I guess that's why it's important to me. Hmm. But I was going to say, you, yeah. Sonic's a huge character on the Sega Genesis, but like uh, any other Sega Genesis games that you like that uh, most people probably don't talk about on the internet. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm sure people talk about this game a lot, but Streets of Rage 2 is like my favorite game of all times. So, yeah, there's that. That's interesting because... Revenge of Shinobi, yeah. also a great game. Well, it's interesting you list those games because they're, you know, in the Data Discs uh, collection. And now you have an album 
like amongst yeah, those. It's crazy. Yeah. It's still hard to believe for me, man. It's everything. It, all of this is still so new to me um, that I'm still, uh, I guess, uh, digesting everything that's happening with the album coming out and everything. Mm. But it's definitely a privilege uh, to be a part of the roster now. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And also, all these games have like incredible soundtracks. That's actually one of the things. Is that something that drew you to these games, the music, or was it the overall package? Well, the overall package for sure. You know, it was a lot of fun. I remember having excellent times uh, playing those video games when I was a kid. And, you know, that's that always stays with you. But uh, the music was definitely one of the things that drew me to those games, uh, especially when we're talking about games like Streets of Rage, like I mentioned before, which features music by Yuzo Koshiro, which is one of my favorite uh, composers of all time. Um, I also drew a lot of inspiration from the music present in those games. And, you know, I apply a lot of what I heard back in the day um, into games like Sonic Mania, for example. Uh, took a lot of inspiration from Sega Classics to, to put that soundtrack together. Hmm. And if you could totally tell if you pay attention, you'll see that there's a lot of references that date back to those times. Yeah, definitely. And um, dating back to your times, uh, you mentioned on your website, tlopesmusic.com, that you grew up with a family of music enthusiasts. Can you tell us a little bit about your family's music background? Sure. Well, while nobody really lives off of it besides me, um, you know, both, both sides of my family either sing or play instruments or, you know, they're enthusiasts. My, my grandfather was a self-taught uh, accordionist and my other grandfather taught music uh, at a school in his hometown. My mother sang the father, which is a typical Portuguese uh, musical genre and you know my uncles play in bands and everyone has a knack for music or at least loves it to to a high degree interesting and um so as a as a fan of both games and music and you know having that background growing up what was it like moving to the u.s at 15 i mean was this kind of during a time when you were at your peak of interest in video games and music did this was it was it something you wanted to do or was it kind of a decision your parents made to move? Well, actually they decided to move because I was, I was really young and, you know, as you know, I was 15 and at the time I kind of wanted to stay, I kind of wanted to stay back. I didn't want to move to the United States because, you know, staying in Portugal meant staying with my friends and not being subject to my, um, my parents' control anymore because now they're in a different country. They can't see what I'm doing <laughs> anymore. So I'm, you know, free to go wild and crazy. That was my idea at the time, but, you know, fortunately I say that today. Hmm. Fortunately, they, uh, they they grabbed me and you know took me to the United States and and you know um, it's it's great to be here because there's just uh, so much opportunity uh, versus what I would have had if I had stayed in Portugal you know so I'm really grateful for that for sure. Did you see a difference in the music? I mean, most obviously in the music, I'm sure moving from Portugal to the U.S. and in I guess video game culture as well. Uh, well, to be to be honest with you, I. I think it was kind of the same, you know, Portugal's culture, like, you know, like a lot of the rest of the world is very Americanized in terms of entertainment. Uh, and what was popular there, I noticed that it was also popular in the States, pretty much, you know, in terms of movies, in terms of music, video games, uh, it was pretty much the same thing. So that felt familiar to me. Hmm. I kind of wanted to ask you, like, I know you, the kind of video game music you like, I mean, we just talked about it, but uh, what kind of music? Do you like that's just music, like bands or artists that influence you? <laughs> oh man, that's a very tough question because I I draw influence in, in 
you know, inspiration from so many different uh, artists and genres because growing up in Europe, I feel like you're more, more exposed to world music because the countries are smaller and all uh, mashed together, <laughs> as you know. Uh, and you yeah. always, uh, you know, you, for example, in Portugal, uh, it's possible that a number one hit in Portugal could be an Italian song or a Spanish song or a German song. Like you, you, you never know. So you're always exposed to music from different cultures, and I, I, I guess my, um, um, my, my spectrum, my musical spectrum was enriched by that. Um, um, so I take influence from 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 a lot of different stuff, uh, from uh, world music to uh, electronic music to rock, jazz. You would say probably is my uh, main tendency when I'm composing. Um, but I'm a big fan of Stevie Wonder. Hmm. Okay, um, Stevie. And yeah, Michael Jackson, I obviously love like everybody else in the world. Um, many rock bands. I mean, I could, I don't know, I wouldn't know where to start and, and where to, and where to end because I just draw inspiration from so many different things. It's impossible to answer your question. Okay. Um, and my other question is how did you land a job as a composer for Major Magnet? For major magnet, well, basically, uh, it was all well. Got to start from the beginning. Uh, it was all because at the time I was uh, uploading, uh, you know, the first my first my first batch of decent remixes onto YouTube. I like to say this was around 2009, 2010, and at the time. Um, There was a fan game called, uh, well, I, 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 I guess it still exists to some degree, but at the time um, it was really active uh, and it was this project called Sonic 2 HD. I'm sure you guys heard about it. Yeah. And um, uh, a couple of the guys that uh, belong to the staff, namely uh, Tom, Tom Fry and uh, Jared Castle, uh, I think they came across one of my songs on YouTube and they decided to, you know, make me a nice little flyer to to send to me through email and try to convince me to join the team as a musician. It, it looked really nice. <laughs> I opened my email and I saw that and I was, I was convinced right away. I'm like, yes, okay, I'm going to join this. This is going to be fun. Um, and so I joined the team and, you know, I started making the soundtrack. Eventually the, the, as you guys know, the, the project collapsed at the time because of uh, some situation that I don't even remember, to be honest. And um, th those two members of the team, Jared and Tom, decided to get together and form Pagoda West. And, uh, you know, they already had a programmer, they had a, a level designer, they, have, they had an artist and they needed a musician. And so they decided to take me along with them and, you know, uh, get me to do the soundtrack for Major Magnet. That's hmm. how it happened. Yeah. And uh, what made you or led you to put your remixes online? And did you just like want to put them online because you were like, oh, I just want to see what people think about them. Or did you think like maybe somebody will contact me to be on the game or was that never even in your radar? That was never even in my radar, to be honest with you. I just wanted to have fun and, you know, uh, have an outlet to share my music with other people because it's, it's very lonely making music for yourself only, you know? So I saw YouTube as a way to share my stuff with the rest of the world and uh, nothing else. I mean, at the time, that's, that's all I had in mind, really. I never thought that it would lead to uh, something like Sonic Mania eventually. <laughs> yeah. That's something I kind of noticed with people that like have success and doing something on YouTube. They always just say, just like doing what you're doing. That's literally, and just don't expect to have success. And they just do it because you like sharing your music like you did. 
Oh man, I mean, I think that's the biggest uh, motivation in the world. And you know, when you do stuff because you like to do it, uh, there's no uh, opinion or you know, there's no negative opinion that's going to influence the way you 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 feel about it. You know what I mean? Because you do it because you like it, not because uh, you're expecting the rest of the world to just love what you do. You know what I mean? So that's definitely the most important thing is to always uh, take joy or you know enjoy yourself whatever it is that you like to do. So uh, what video game soundtracks inspired you when you did the major magnet soundtrack? Uh, for, for major magnets, uh, Sonic CD probably was what I had in mind, but then it turned out to be uh, vaguely <laughs> like Sonic <laughs> CD because it just started deviating. I just started uh, um, adding my own stuff to it and, you know, my, my own personal touch and it became a little, um, sort of a Frankenstein uh, Sonic CD slash T-Lopes kind of thing um, but yeah initially I wanted it to sound or at least to take after Sonic CD um, a lot I mean the video game soundtrack is like doing a video game soundtrack and doing other mediums is totally different uh, how, what do you what's the difference between I mean as you as a composer doing a video game soundtrack and trying to do a, a song for another like movie or TV show or whatever <laughs> more headaches more headaches <laughs> now i think that depends on the game i mean if you're composing for for a game like uncharted for example it's going to be pretty much the same as composing for like say a movie uh when you if you're comp lord if you're composing for a game like sonic mania there are certain other rules um, quote unquote that apply such as the choice of instruments and the structure of the song itself which is going to be looping forever so you got to make sure it won't become repetitive you got to make sure it matches the action you got to make sure that it sounds authentically retro in this situation but it's really a case by case thing hmm. what's i was wondering what's the sweet spot for the length of a sonic song i'd say maybe minute and a half wow probably is a yeah, it's a good bat, but it needs to not be repetitive or 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 to not be tiring at least, you know, because it's going to be repeating a lot. Yeah, I was of course like mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to cut you off. I was just uh, okay. I've I've been talking with George about game music um, offline sometimes, and I'd mentioned to him, you know, I'd play something like Green Hill Zone. I'd hear the whole track, you know, two or three times, but then I'd play something. Um, you know, I might play a shorter stage. I might run right through it and I'll miss half the music, but then I'll play something like, uh, what was it? Titanic Monarch. And I'll, I'll hear that at least three or four times. And so I, a thousand I, was, times. <laughs> I was just curious because sometimes it's, it's almost like a trick. Like I'll hear a song and I'm like, this song's longer than Green Hill for sure. And then I'll, I'll like look at, you know, the soundtrack runtime or something and it'll, it'll be almost the same. So I didn't know, I didn't know if there was some sweet spot or some tricks that you use where you're like, Let's repeat it a few times, but then throw something new in before the end. So it actually seems like it's not repeating. Well, yeah, there, there are processes for that, actually. Um, you know, if, if a level is, let's say that a, a level is faster paced, for example, if it's faster paced, I'm allowed to, uh, you know, put in a shorter song, for example, mm. because it's not going to repeat as many times. Or it's going to repeat just as many times as, as a longer song would in a slower paced level. So you kind of play with that. Uh, Flying Battery, for example, was uh, is a really uh, long stage in Sonic Mania. So I introduced uh, a second part to it to kind of you know help not make help make the song a little more interesting, since uh, we felt that it was going to be uh, repeating a lot. 
huh. throughout the level. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, I was, I, I, so you kind of play with that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Sonic games are really fast, right? Sometimes you, like Barry said, you'll list, you'll finish the stage in like 40 seconds. Sometimes it'll take a few minutes. Uh, yeah. how does that feel like as a composer? Like I'd be crazy. I'd be like, Oh, they only played 40 seconds of this level. And I spent like so long making this track or this remix. <laughs> how does that make you feel? Um, that, I don't think, well, unless you're a, like a, a speed runner, I don't think that you, you can get through a level in less than one minute. It's going to repeat more than once, especially if you're like exploring the whole thing. Yeah, I'm think, I think I think you're going to be listening to the song a few times. And hopefully, you know, if you like the music, you'll you'll take it easy just to listen to it a couple of times. I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> At least. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, I, I threw those questions in. I was kind of getting ahead of myself here. I want to know, how did you land the Sonic Mania job? I mean, obviously, there was a connection there with um, P- Pagoda West. Was that really it? Yeah. Well, I I would say it was a combination of, of many things, but uh, you know, uh, the YouTube thing led to the Sonic Two HD thing that led to the Pagoda West thing that led to the Sonic Mania thing. It was a combination of of many things going on at the same time. But you know, long story short, uh, the opportunity came about mainly due uh, to you know remixes uploaded onto YouTube. I grabbed the attention of the right people and. Uh, you know, those remixes also helped convince other people that I was the guy for the job. So that's important. Uh, but to make a long story short, uh, after um, after Major Magnet, uh, Pagoda West, Christian Whitehead and Stealth got an opportunity uh, to co-develop Sonic Mania and, you know, brought me along for the ride. So, you know, thanks to them also. And, wow. Yeah, thank you guys <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, yeah, it's it's all about who you know and you knew quite a few awesome people to land the job. Um, so going back to composing. So, you know, up till the mid nineties, video game music, we've been limited by what the hardware is able to do. And uh-huh. some people, you know, they'll say, you know, all oh, the Genesis is one of the best sounds. And, you know, then the Nintendo fans go, it sounds awful. SNES is awesome. <laughs> um, so, yeah. but now game music, it's indistinguishable from like any other music. And I, I'd say that maybe started, you know, with the Saturn and the, the PlayStation. Um, yeah, CD, the CD era. Yeah, and the CD sure. era, yeah, most definitely. Um, but there's still this charm of retro game audio. And so how did you find the ideal balance when you were composing for Mania? Um, well, it's a mix of stuff, you know, uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Well, it's 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 an intangible thing, I would say, right? Finding a balance, it's just, you know, it's whatever sounds right. Uh, I was trying to make it sound like what was being made uh, back then in the 90s, um, you know. But uh, also, if you really look at it, the sense of the time were kind of limited, too. So in many ways, um, uh, the key, the keyboards and uh, sound, um, what do you call them? Uh, the samplers, uh, mm-hmm. the keyboards and samplers of the time, they didn't sound too different uh, from, from the consoles themselves uh, because, you know, technology of the time. So it became a little more straightforward uh, for me to uh, uh, upgrade certain sounds and just make it sound like a 90s uh, pop song or whatever. That's interesting. So you you did kind of create rules in your head so that you would um, kind of stick to that 90s sound just like the development oh yeah no, no doubt about it yes no i wanted i wanted it to sound like a genuine uh thing that was made back maybe in 1994 or 1995 and just never came out because uh, sonic cd2 or whatever <laughs> was canceled uh you know 
Is that have you ever have you ever like uh, turned in a song and then the team is like this is not '90s enough? <laughs> that ever happened? Uh, no, no, because I guess it's 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 kind of part of my style. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I can't right. really help it. I, I make more of an effort to to come up with modern stuff uh, than I do to come up with '80s or '90s stuff because I just have I, I don't know this retro style thing going on that I didn't really choose, but it's here. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, so yeah. just going through the game kind of zone by zone here, at least with the um, the unique new zones, um, I wanted to start with the title screen track, you know, where Sonic does that like 8,000 frame animation spinning his yeah. arms around. Yes, 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 yes. Tom um, Fright just killed it with that animation. That thing, yeah. that yeah, yeah, that just Amazing, right? blew my mind. I'm, I'm kicking myself because I was at the reveal in San Diego. I, my camera died before that bit came yeah, up, but... Yeah. It was That's a, my brother, Tom Fry. Shout out to Tom Fry. Man, Tom Fry killed it. <laughs> Fantastic job. Yes. Well, I, I'm interested. That it is interesting you have that sort of um, reaction to it. So I guess I'm wondering, did you see the in the title sequence before composing? Or was it kind of, what came first? The, you know, the chicken or the egg or the title sequence or the music? Oh, no, no, no. The egg definitely came first and the chicken after. Uh, <laughs> it took like five, five of them chicken before I... Uh, found the right chicken for the job <laughs> so yeah um the, the title screen for you know I, I saw the animation and i started trying to think of different things in past uh, sonic titles and you know everything that i could uh come up with but you know i i say it ended up like more of a mix of uh, sonic cd's edginess with genesis sweetness mm. like this this theme man was a pain in the butt actually because you know although it's just a few seconds long it's the first thing that you hear after the Sega chain, right? And, and and I made like five different themes before we finally reached the one that you hear now. And it was hard because it had to be iconic. It had to be memorable. And it, it had to say Sonic and it had to scream out Discovery, which was uh, the game's working title at the time. Hmm. So it, it's a blend of many things, man. I mean, you got the, the Jun Sinoi arpeggio right at the start. Yeah. Uh, you, you got the edgy bass of, of like later Sonic games. Like it's very aggressive, very uh, raspy. And you got the drum and bassy drums from Sonic CD. And you got the synth melody from uh, what could be maybe a Genesis Sonic. So there you go. Dissected for you, sir. <laughs> it was like just everything thrown together. And I was wondering when we were going to start actually singing the tracks here, because I know that one of us was going to start doing it. <laughs> it was uh, me. It was me. <laughs> and, you know, thinking about it, really, that that piece was one of the first things to be released publicly, even though a lot of us didn't know it. We were walking around with our little gift bags, carrying USB sticks with that music. Were you there? Were you at the... Yeah. Uh, at the event? Yeah, I was. I and was I was probably drinking beer next to you and <laughs> didn't even know each other. It's crazy. Most you're, likely. You're probably, in the press, you're probably in the press box on top. I mean, <laughs> well, you, that, remember there was... That too. I kept going back and forth. Nobody knew me at the time, so I can stroll freely and drink my beer. Uh, but yeah, our, our friends at Sonic Retro were trying to get me in there because they were like, why didn't you get one? And I'm like, because I, I guess I didn't get on the list. So we tried to sneak me in. It didn't happen, but, um, <laughs> Oh, sorry to hear that. Next time. But, um, but yeah. yeah, I just, sorry I thought it was, so you were saying, <laughs> yeah, because those files, um, we were all carrying them with us and we didn't see the reveal until about an hour and a half later, but 
I was looking at the files on my MP3 player just recently, and I'm like, it says Christian Whitehead here. It has logos. Like, it's obviously intro music. I'm kind of kicking myself for not bringing a laptop and just checking out the USB drive. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Then, then I don't know if I don't think Andrew uh, Aaron Weber could have stopped me. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I'd be like, new Sonic music, check it out. No, I don't want to. Do that. Um, all right, all right. Yeah. So, so the big one, Studioopolis Zone. Again, that was on the USB stick. Let, let me stop you right there. Yeah, yeah. Let me stop. Let me stop you right there because we're gonna talk about the pronunciation. Oh, here we so go. Once and for all, we're gonna solve. <laughs> we're gonna solve that one. Studioopolis. Studio. Repeat after me. Studioopolis Zone. There you go. Okay. Uh, cool. Moving forward. I'm still calling it Hydrosity <laughs> Zone. You can't stop me. <laughs> oh, okay. You're from the dark side. All right. Yeah. I understand. yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay. Okay. And it's not so zone. It's zone A. Yeah. Zone, zone A. Yeah. Zone A. Yes. Zone A. Okay. Studiopolis Zone. Studiopolis. Yes. Yes. Um, it was the first zone to be demoed to Sonic Team. This is what we've heard in interviews with um, uh, Taxman and Stealth and those guys. Um, did the stage feature the music as we hear it now when it was first introduced internally? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, the version that I uh, initially gave the team for review is, you know, exactly the same one that came inside of that USB stick for the 25th anniversary of Sonic. Right. That was the very version that I introduced to them. Wow. So, you know, aside from being mixed and mastered by the amazing Falk and, you know, uh, changing a couple of details here and there, it was pretty much uh, the final thing. Yeah. Oh, I was wow. very inspired for that one because I guess it was the beginning of the project. And I just wanted, you know, to give him something like super ultra hypersonic like and you know, Studiopolis just came out. I just got the I don't know, it just came to me that day. And uh, that's uh, you know, after a few hours it, it was ready and I just gave it to them that way. So that I, I hope that answers your your question. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. Um and then with the act two. I mean, it's it's pretty clearly inspired by local news intros. Um, living in the uh, on the East Coast out there, are there any news stations that specifically kind of inspired you? Because I personally, I grew up or I didn't grow up, but I lived in Philadelphia for nine years. Yeah. I heard the action news theme in that like instantly. And if you haven't heard that and it's just it's a coincidence, it's pretty crazy because it's so it's so act too. <laughs> it's, it's it's probably very it's probably a very generic thing. If, yeah. If you want me to be honest with you, but I'm, I'm very I'm very glad you caught that because that was totally my intention. But no, I wasn't inspired by any um, network in specific. It was just you know the generic theme for breaking news that you recognize anywhere, I suppose. Um, but I just wanted it to be really sensational, that kind of breaking news mm. thing, and then the level starts, and you're like, oh my god, what's going on? So, you know, Studiopolis Act 1, it's uh, all about, uh, uh, you know, cinema. And Act 2 is more about TV. So I made it sound kind of like a blend of news music with some game show tunes all wrapped up around like an early 90s dance beat that you could really move to and, you know, feel good about. So, yeah, that was the idea. Oh, cool. So uh, that was the, one of the first levels that they ever showed, right? Studiopolis and... Uh... Uh, Green Hill Zone. Uh, what do you think yeah. about those being the first ones? Did you like ever think maybe do Press Garden or you know one of the other levels? Or because I thought those were perfect levels to show off for the first game because it had a remix and it had a new level and I think that level was awesome because it had a lot of Sega references in it. So I mean, what about you? Like, did you feel like those were the perfect 
levels to show off the game on the 25th anniversary party? Uh, I guess I guess that had more to do with um, what was available to the team at the time. Hmm. So how, how, anything far, else. Yeah. how far were you guys into the game? At least how many levels you guys had completed at that time? I don't, to be very honest with you, I don't recall. Uh, at that time, uh, you mean... Uh, the 25th uh, anniversary. You mean card. during? Oh yeah, there was only there was only those two probably at the time. Okay. Um, c- c- uh, complete enough that people could test it out. I I believe I believe I you know, I don't want to lie here, but I, I believe there were only those two. Okay, and then Press Garden was like the most unique new zone, and you know visuals and gimmicks. Uh, how do you find mm. inspiration for a game? That, I mean, for a level, does that strange? You know, like a Japanese printing press factory. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, it, it's funny because when I, you know, when I finally understood what Press Garden uh, Act Two uh, was supposed to be about, with all the sakura trees and snow and stuff, I, I thought to myself, okay, here's my chance uh, to pay tribute to the Revenge of Shinobi, which was, you know, I, which I played a lot as a kid, and I loved the soundtrack by Yuzo Koshiro, and so I, you know, I totally uh, got inspiration from it, which worked for the whole mysterious vibe and uh, that the stage uh, gives you with the forest and the fog and the torches and all of that. Uh, but then there was the ice aspect too. So I gave it a really cold, like ethereal chorus with some background chants by truly yours <laughs> to help drop the song's temperature a little bit, if you want. So act one was like, I went up to a commercial printer and asked it if it could make me a remix of act two. And that's the result. I hope that doesn't sound too weird because that's exactly what went through my mind. <laughs> what if I went up to a commercial printer and said, please uh, make me a remix of act two because act two came first. I made it first. And, and then act one was a remix of act two and not the other way around. That's interesting. Yeah. So uh, yeah, let's ask a printer to make the song. And it just came out that way, you know? And then there's the, um, maybe a little bit of Stevie Wonder in there too. But uh, yeah, I wanted it to be a machine-like song that could kind of remind you of, of, of the mechanical process of, of printing something. Did, um, did Press Garden, I mean, obviously used instruments, but were there any like sound effects that you worked in there? Because there were some kind of really strange sounds in there. Like the, I, I can't really emulate it, but it was like a, like a, sound like a printer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, that's, that's the printer. Exactly. Okay. All right. That's... It's a it's a printer, but it's not actually a printer. It's it's something else. It's it's a different sound effect. Exactly. It just sounds. I, I made it sound like a printer, but it's it's. I think it's a chainsaw or something like that. Oh wow. Okay. I remember well. Cool. Yeah. Um, so moving on to Mirage Saloon, this one was different just because it offered three unique acts, which was uh, I think a surprise for a lot of people. Um, how did you approach each act to give the zone? both a cohesive sound while making each act unique? Because three's a lot. Man, I just, I, I guess I just kind of went with the flow and I, you know, I, I, I took one song and said to myself, well, let me just, you know, make a, um, three different versions of the same thing pretty much and, you know, change this aspect or that aspect, but like keep it within the same uh, field, uh, the same musical field. Now, both Sonic and Knuckles Act 1 are just a remix of Act Two, which once again came first uh, for Mirage Saloon. Uh, Mirage mm-hmm. Saloon Act Two came first, and the other two themes, which is the the Sonic, uh, the Sonic and Tails one, and, and the Knuckles one came after, and they're you know considered remixes of of, of Act Two, if you want. Um, but I remember composing uh, Sonic's Act One with the airplane, and I, I wanted it to sound dangerous, you know, uh, like high speed, high stakes. 
threats everywhere. It's it's a thing that uh, I intended for it to make you feel tense and, and to pump you up for what's ahead. Because you know the airplane gets faster at at some points of the game, and I I, I took that into consideration to, to come up with this theme. Now then you have Knuckles Act One, which is more of a hip hop song. And of course, you know, a reference to his uh, Genesis character themes and of course, Sonic Adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and of course, and, and also uh, the Wild West. And I always like to imagine him like wearing his cowboy hat, <laughs> like you see in the anime. So I think that should be DLC one day. I don't know, just uh, just putting it out there. But uh, that was pretty much the process for, uh, for Mirage Saloon. What was that sample in the Knuckles track? You were saying um, we were chatting. Is is that the one where there's like an auctioneer or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh no, you have no idea. I have. I had so much fun with this soundtrack, and I I, I feel like there's so many things that people haven't caught yet, mm. and when they finally uh, catch it uh, through this or that means, they're gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's. Uh, yeah. I included some crazy little. Uh, details but uh surprisingly many people haven't found found out many things yet for example there's a, a sonic one's main theme uh, title screen is uh is somewhere in one of the songs oh. and nobody has spotted it yet but i'll 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 leave it uh i'll leave it in the air <laughs> so if you find it let me know okay wow okay is it can you give us a hint is it on the vinyl coming out uh no okay it's not okay that's a good hint. That's that what I'll say to. about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for Titanic Monarch, then, um, did you look to other Final Zones for inspiration? And was there more of a pressure on you as it was really the game's finale? Man, Titanic Monarch was also a pain in the ass. I'll be very <laughs> honest with you. And it took me forever to get it right. I mean, I, I looked at various sources for, you know, to try to get the right feel. And... I remember messing up a lot and uh, the team uh, rejecting a lot of teams saying, you know, this is, this doesn't really fit with what we envisioned for the level, for what the environment is going to be. Because I had no idea at the time, mind you, I hadn't seen any, any concept art and all there was was, you know, verbal descriptions of what the level was going to feel like, kind of, you know, so uh, I had no visual guides whatsoever. So, you know, you're prone to mess up a lot more that way because it, it's it's going to be much harder to match the the, um, the creator's vision. What was ti- what was Titanic Monarch to you? Like, what did you try to envision it as? Because I'm I've played the game and I'm still trying to wrap my head. I feel like it's a cruise ship almost. OK, so um, Act One is outside of the robot mm-hmm. and Act Two is inside of the robot. Okay. That's why. That's why in Act Two, all the sounds uh, sound a lot more muffled, and you can kind of hear a computer in the background going like, you know, like those those old computers. I wanted I wanted you to feel for Act Two that you were inside of a huge robot, and you you can hear all the movements, like kind of kind of like a transformer or 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 like a Megazord or whatever. Imagine you're inside of a Megazord. Like, what things would you hear? Kind of, kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So that's that's what I had in mind. And for Act One, is what would you hear outside? And there's the harpsichord um, playing because you know it's a, a Titanic monarch. So you you you. I wanted to give it like kind of a, a royal vibe uh, mixed with uh, uh, electronic uh, robot uh, uh, techno- technology thing. 
kind of thing. So yeah, it was, it's it's a mix of those two. Interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah, classical uh, music with 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 cyberpunk. Okay. Uh, kind of a thing. Yeah. See, and it's those those fusions, those bizarre fusions that I always dig about Sonic soundtracks. So that's that's really cool. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> Thank you. So for the returning zones, we heard recreations of zone music in Act One, and then brand new remixes for Act Two. Did you ever hear how um, Sonic Team, maybe even specifically like the original composers, um, reacted to these? And how much freedom did you have on those remix tracks? Oh man, to be honest, like I have no idea uh, how Sonic uh, Team reacted. I wish I had seen it, but um, I didn't see it. Now I do know that June enjoyed the music very much, June Sinoe. But I don't know what the original artists uh, think of many of the songs and it's a shame because I would love to maybe I'll have a chance uh, to to find out personally one day but as of right now I <laughs> I really don't know but hopefully they reacted with a smile and because you know this this was a blast for me to make uh, you know I've been doing these kind of remixes and reinterpretations on YouTube for like a decade or so or over that over a decade and um so it was a lot of fun to me, and I did have a lot of uh, freedom uh, to, to do what I wanted for the most part. But uh, I chose to keep a certain balance and, you know, respect the originals to a certain extent um, mm. in order to keep, uh, you know, to stay to stay loyal to to the feeling that you would get if you if you were playing the game twenty years ago. Did yeah. any of did any of your YouTube remixes from uh, years ago influence those remixes that you did now? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, there's remixes that I had on YouTube with, with elements I added that I thought really, really fit the song, and I I, I reused them in certain songs in Sonic Mania, just uh, because I wanted to, I, you know, I just wanted to include them because I I thought they sounded <laughs> they sounded good. Yeah, yeah, yeah most definitely. Um, and what's your favorite track on Sonic Mania? Your personal favorite, and maybe. Um, if you have one, a track you wish you would put more time into, or just listening to it now, you're like, oh, I would have, I would have gone this route. Oh, it's a tough question, man. It's, it's, uh, it's something that keeps on changing. I mean, not long ago, it was the safe select theme. Uh, right mm. now it's Titanic Monarch Act 2. Oh, wow. Because it's much, it's much darker than my usual stuff. And, you know, I like to explore my dark side once in a while. <laughs> it helps you get to know yourself a little bit better. Yeah. In um, my, you know, mine was at points, uh, a creep but <laughs> but it was a delightful experience and like damn who knew that i was so tainted to compose something like this all oh, right right now that's the one that uh, makes me wonder how i came up with it mm. <laughs> being that i'm such a, a, a joyful person for the most part yeah do you like to listen to your own music like or because i know there's some people who are like they they put it out there and then they move on Oh no! That this is that this is gonna sound uh, like narcissistic. I hope it doesn't. But I do listen to my own music a lot, and uh, for the most part, um, you know, I'm, I'm noticing the good stuff, of course, and enjoying the good stuff. But uh, I'm also trying to, you know, pick my own, um, pick my own uh, errors. You know, the mistakes I've made making the songs, mm. and I try, I, you know, I try to listen to it over and over and over again. So I can also uh, see the bad things and correct them in the future and make sure that they bother me enough <laughs> to, uh, you know, in order to get better and not repeat them again. 
Oh, cool. So I'm, I'm very self-critic and I, I uh, critic and I do analyze my music a lot. If that's you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, also people wouldn't, I guess, you know, there's, there's actors that don't watch their own movies once they're completed. And uh, that's something I'll never understand. But, but uh, yeah, for the most part, I enjoy the music that I make. And I, I mean, I, I, I make it as I would like to hear it. So it's, uh, it's natural that I listen to it. I, I hope it doesn't sound like I'm, uh, doing things with myself, <laughs> in, <laughs> no, if you know what I mean. Yeah. No, I agree with you. What you're saying. I mean, how are you going to improve as an artist or doing something you love to do if you don't listen and like critique yourself? That, that's true, but not just that. I think you're also allowed to enjoy, you know, stuff that you make yourself. You're allowed to paint a, a, a painting and hang it in your wall and look at it and smile every day. I mean, why not? You know what I mean? Uh, why else would you share your music with other people if you? don't enjoy the stuff that you make yourself. Like, why, why would you give other people something you don't enjoy yourself? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. But I was going to say, talking about stuff that people haven't heard, uh, was there any tracks that didn't make it into the game or any tracks you could tell us about that we haven't heard? Oh, for sure, yeah. There's, uh, there's quite a few unused tracks, but, you know, maybe I'll release those one day. Maybe you guys could do another data disc release, like a B-Sides, you know, like you used to <laughs> back in the uh, 80s. Hey, you never know. You never know, man. Yes. Because uh, if they did <laughs> that, I'd buy it. You would buy it? Okay, yeah. I'm going to propose it. Oh, you know what you, you title it? You title it T-Sides. <laughs> um, I actually didn't know about this, but it's in the notes. Uh, you were a rapper in Portugal? I I began uh, rapping in Portugal, but uh, only in the United States did I actually be, became did I actually become a rapper in the sense of recording stuff and, and and you know trying to trying to sell it online and making beats for uh, other rappers and stuff like that. That's what I was all about back when I was maybe eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, that's and, and that was just before I started uh, making music for video games. So, what kind was, of rap style were you? Uh, do uh, represent, I guess. More, <laughs> more the old school stuff. Uh, but I used to rap. I was rapping in Portuguese. I was, even though I was living here, I was rapping in Portuguese and shipping my music over there. And I actually came out in a couple of uh, mixtapes and, uh, and I was preparing my own album before I started making music for games. And that all went to, uh, down the drain. But uh, yeah, it was a dream uh, of mine at the time. And uh, did you provide any vocals for Sonic Mania? Since I mean, you were rap, you did vocals on rap albums, right? I I didn't. Yeah, I actually recorded a, a lot of stuff in my studio. You know, a lot of the samples, which you know, nineties uh, in in the nineties sampling was a very very big thing in mainstream music and even underground music. And so uh, I try sampling myself uh, and, and modifying a lot of my voices. And you know, a lot of what you hear in the game is just me doing different voices and trying out different stuff and and i actually rap in one of the songs as you were saying uh which is a um, metallic madness act one x one and two oh. uh, i'm doing the rap yeah what are the um what are the lyrics or are there lyrics uh, there are lyrics and you know it's it's a, <laughs> it's a huge <laughs> question uh out there right now and you know i'm gonna leave people to wonder for a little bit longer because i'm having so much fun with it <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. I mean, I always get a kick out of um, when you search the lyrics for like Jet Set Radio games and I'm like, those are samples. These aren't really lyrics. It'll be like, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> just be like, there, there, there are, there are lyrics, but 
uh, we kind of made it unintelligible uh, on purpose. You know, kind of, we don't want to distract the player too much. So it's kind of a thing in the background. Mm. And you go through the level and, you know, it sounds good, but you don't necessarily have to understand everything that's being said, even though there is a message and, and uh, there's something going on there uh, between the two tracks, but I, I don't want to, it's not something that I want to reveal uh, mm. right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, you are ducking and dodging those sorts of questions. So this next one, <laughs> you're really going to like, um, what is uh, the most obscure auditory reference or sample that you snuck into mania? And if you can't tell us what, the most obscure is can you tell us at least like one obscure one you put in okay hmm. let's think um uh there are many i mean uh maybe people already know about this one but uh, there's there's a little bit of a uh, sky chase zone in the mirage saloon uh, act one yeah that's something that i snuck in there if you really pay attention and then there's many more there's you know there's a lot of stuff that i really don't want to spoil and there's uh for example okay i'll just i'll just give you uh, an inspiration that i took from another game sega rally for for the sega saturn for the arcade Mm -hmm. you know the theme when you when you pick the car when you were selecting your car yeah all right so that 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 theme served as inspiration for the main menu song and you could totally tell if you listen to them side by side Okay. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff like that, but that's something that I would rather, you know, it's a lot more fun if, if the players uh, can ident- identify those really reverent, those little references themselves instead of me, you know, just revealing everything over here. Okay, fair enough. So if we start hearing things, we're not going crazy. It's you. You're not going crazy at all. No, no, that was totally on purpose. And I do, I, I want you to, I want you to pick up on those. Okay. Okay. So if we play any of the tracks backwards, are we going to hear any hidden messages or no? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Oh, I'll be okay. crazy. But okay. Well, when that, when that final head. comes, we'll be spinning it the opposite direction. See what happens. <laughs> Just don't mess it up. Just don't mess it up. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so are there any team members you wanted to give a shout out to for their work on the game's audio or, um, you know, both with sound effects and with music? Oh, oh yeah, certainly. I mean, of course, you know, let me begin with, with Falk, who, you know, uh, Falko Young, everybody knows him. Bald mm-hmm. Falk is his uh, name. You know, a lot of people know him by that name. Great composer, but you know, he's a great professional and, uh, uh, you know, very good friend of mine. And he was very patient with me throughout the whole thing. Did a great, great job at mis- mixing and mastering the game and just, you know, made my compositions sound so much better. Um, I'd like to thank Tom Fry and Jared Castle, who are always ready to review my demos and making suggestions. Uh, Tom introduced me to a lot of new music. Uh, it was very essential to me. Christian, for being a musician, um, you know, him being a musician himself would many times pitch out ideas for the music. Many of them worked, worked out beautifully, so thank him too. Uh, Tom and Karen, who also made the beautiful cover for the vinyl. Uh, thank you for that, guys, and thank you. Uh, Thank you, Aaron, for making this game happen. Uh, we're helping make it, make this game happen, and the rest of the team for the love and support throughout the game's uh, production. Nice. Thank you all, guys. Yeah, you're kind of an example of. I, I mean, you're a success story. Um, you know, in in terms of people who started off on YouTube, or you know, we've had people starting off on DeviantArt, and then it just grows. And I really think, yeah. I really think, right now is the time where we're seeing that you know, kind of transition where, you know, you still apply for jobs. It's still about networking in, in the, in the real world sense, but Mm -hmm. online we're, we're just starting to see all these games come up and even big franchises now, you know, being worked on by people who 
you knew from the community, you know, and they're just like, Oh, for sure, man. I mean, these things are only possible nowadays, right? 20 or 30 years ago, this wouldn't be possible, but uh, we live in an era that, you know, simplified uh, the process of, uh, of exposing your your work a lot you know all of a sudden you can uh, make a whole song at home and you can just upload it in a matter of seconds and every you know thousands of people uh, are exposed to it right away so it's really it's really um it's really the time for that you know what i mean so a lot of people are taking advantage of that and they're going places with it you know yeah for sure and so yeah, and so Sonic Mania, it's it's done, it's out. I don't think there's going to be like a any any additions in terms of the music. If um, moving forward, I don't I don't think there's any DLC or anything. Uh-huh. Um, but the vinyl okay. now, the vinyl's just releasing. Um, I believe last week it started to get shipped out. Do you have your copy already? Uh, it's been shipped to me, man. I'm just waiting on it. <laughs> Around the same boat. Um, yeah, there you go. So it's the first modern Sega game to receive a vinyl from Data Discs, and it's it's separate from the the numbered collection. They made that clear, I think, just because they don't they they want to you know they're nerds, <laughs> so they want to stick with that numbering and you know make sure that I guess I, I yeah I guess there's some reasoning behind it. Yeah, but and, I don't I don't know the reason to be honest with you. So I was curious, was additional work done to prepare the soundtrack for vinyl and do the songs, do they have endings or do they, they kind of fade out before the loop? No, no, no. Everything has proper endings. I mean, I, I didn't have much time to, to add them in because um, this was, I don't want to say it was rushed because I did have some time, but uh, uh, preparing the, the vinyl and, and taking care of the rest of the game at the same time was, uh, was a hard task at times, but you know, we went the extra mile with, composing and mixing these and we went we went back to the songs many times and made sure that everything sounded the best uh, that it could mm. and uh you know it's also something that i did with major magnet and there's no way that i've missed the chance to you know add some uh some special things oh nice uh, for and the so vinyl, for sure yeah was it difficult squeezing all of the original music onto the the vinyl itself onto the limitations you had it was, it was because not only did I have to make a selection, uh, I had to make it early. So not all of the songs uh, were available at the time and uh, not all um, of the songs were usable for the vinyl mm-hmm. because, because, you know, of, of, of copyrights and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, we, we made a selection of the songs as, as best as we could with what we had. And uh, I think that in the end, uh, the product had a good result. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. It looks really nice. You know, the boys did an excellent job with the cover as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's definitely something that I'm happy to receive and, you know, happy that it's, uh, that it's doing well. And you're, you're going to be, are you going to be at the um, Sonic and Sega fan jam this year? Yes, sir. Yes, I am. Okay. So if anyone's going to that, we're, we're a sponsor of it. One of our writers, um, Patrick, is the the man behind it and so you know if people are going out to that bring your vinyl because you'll be there and i'm sure you'll you'll be happy to autograph them oh yeah for sure yes no doubt about that yeah Uh, a lot of people have been asking yeah uh if there's going to be a complete audio cd or digital download of the sonic mania soundtrack is that something that is in the works Man, you know, I have high hopes uh, that Sega would release something like that. But, uh, you know, at the moment, all I can say is let's see what happens. 
Okay, outside of Sonic, uh, oh, well, actually, we already talked about this, but outside of Sonic, what other gaming franchises, not just Sega, are you a fan of? Um, oh, man, so many, but uh, I would love to make I, I would like i would love to make um like mario music would be really cool uh castlevania series are amazing i mean i especially love symphony of the night so um definitely took inspiration from that and take inspiration from symphony of the night many times especially for darker stuff and you know i love anything yuzo koshiro uh, streets of rage uh, revenge of shinobi um uh, shenmue you name it <laughs> whatever you like <laughs> i kind of look everywhere man i mean Depend depending on what I want to make, but I do take inspiration from uh, a great diversity of uh, titles from all eras and in all times. Yeah, that's cool. And I mean, you know, uh, maybe five, six years ago, that might have been a pipe dream of yours. Now that's I mean, it's possible that you could be working on another major franchise like that. Like, does that scare you? Does that excite you? Oh, no, it doesn't scare me at all. It scares me that I don't get that I don't get it. <laughs> you know, I'm very excited about it. And uh, I, I I believe it may happen very well. You know, I have a lot of faith in it. And uh, now I'm just going to um, wait and see. Nice. See what nice. happens. Um, and so I, to wrap things up, I want to ask you, um, you know, we've talked about your, your early career. We've talked about, um, you know, your work on YouTube. You've given us a lot of, um, I guess, ideas for how someone could make us get a start in the business what advice would you give to magicians magicians musicians well, i guess you're kind of a magician too you make magic uh, looking to Thank make you. their break into the video game business do you say follow my path or maybe are there mistakes Man, I, made? I would recommend that they show up you know what i mean i think that my only mistake was uh not not investing uh in myself harder more time and you know more effort so I recommend that people show up, you know, get as good as possible, analyze the music that you enjoy, uh, analyze other video game music and, you know, what you think makes it good. Um, copy, steal, steal. No, there's no problem with stealing whatsoever. When you're just beginning, you know, listen to other music and take take parts of it and kind of really explore what other songs are made of. And you're, you're going to understand music better and then you can go on and, and uh, uh, make your own stuff you know what I mean your own unique stuff uh, made of so many influences that you got from from so many places so I say absorb as much as you can you know be a sponge and, and don't don't be afraid to to imitate before you innovate mm -hmm. um, make your own stuff post it on social media as much as possible uh, invest time in yourself and you know create a nice logo and just become someone you know become a thing become an icon become uh, a symbol if you want you know i sound like batman here uh, <laughs> participate in fan projects like to to, to not only to to, uh, to to show up but you know also to acquire experience you know if we can stand it now um you know the important thing is to get started and don't be afraid to fail you know if you fail today try again tomorrow and again tomorrow and again the next day until you get it so that's that's my advice for new musicians for sure nice well you definitely are kind of batman you're a hero to i think a lot of um ah, that's so a lot of fans to me i mean just to see people from the community you know i've been listening to your stuff for years off of youtube and then just to be like oh he's making the music for it that's really cool you know so. <laughs> And that's extremely sweet of you, man. I, you know, I just hope that uh, what's happened to me and my work is inspiring to others and that, you know, they, they can uh, rise up and make their dreams come true as well, you know. 
That's really, that's really great. And you know, if, if people have any questions for you after listening to this, they can, they can reach you at uh, T Lopes music on Twitter. Um, are there any other ways to get in touch with you? Yeah. I mean, you can reach me through my email. I mean, I encourage everybody to go on my website. Uh, it's music.com and you can uh, send me a message over there. So, you know, use that as an excuse to go visit the website because I made it with lots of love. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can reach me through there as well. And, you know, um, there's, there's a big flux of messages coming in right now, but I tried to answer to as many uh, messages as I can and just uh, kind of juggle everything that's happening right now. So I'm sorry if I, if I don't reply to you right away. That's yeah, that's totally but, uh, yeah, understandable. To and then that. also people should know that there is the Sonic Mania vinyl we've been talking about. I believe it's still available. Um, in blue and, and black. In blue and black, yeah. And it and if you are one of those people who are like, I don't have a, a turntable, it does come with a digital code for the yeah. digital version versions of the music. Yes. So yes. Yeah. And so that's there. And um really that's I think the best way to listen to it. You know, I I know there's some stuff out there online, but like you were saying, it's going to have the endings. Like I want to hear, I want to hear these endings. Um, oh, and it's not just that. I mean, you get the best quality audio quality possible. You could, you could probably go on YouTube right now and, you know, listen to the soundtrack from Sonic Mania, or you could hear it uh, playing straight from the game, but it's, it's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be crystal clear. You know, it's, it's a downsampled uh, quality thing and you can only really listen to the best quality possible by getting the vinyl right now. Absolutely. And it's great to have something physical, you know? Oh, of course. Not to speak of, you know, the collectible value. And it, it might possibly uh, be a good investment too. You know, who knows if, <laughs> if you treat it well, one day you could resell it for, I don't know how much money or, or if something happens to me, <laughs> maybe you could sell it for a good amount. Oh boy. <laughs> it took a dark turn right at the end. Um, uh, well, yeah. so what's, what's the next project you're working on or what should people look forward to? Ah, man, I'm working on a couple of projects right now, but I don't, I, I don't yet feel at ease to speak about them because, you know, NDA, but, um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, there will be news about it as soon as I can reveal something people will know for sure. Yeah. Awesome. So but I'm stay working tuned. on some interesting stuff. Yeah. Let's stay tuned. Yes. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, George, do you have any, do you have any additional questions? No, I think that's it. I think we're, we, we covered our basis. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I think that, that was a great interview. No, thank you. I think that wraps things up here. So we're going to do the official goodbye. And um, I don't know why I wave when I do this. I'm waving right now. But, uh, oh, man, I, I just waved back. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, T. That was, that was a really awesome conversation. And um, It was lovely, man. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to talking to you again in the future, maybe once you work on some other Sega games or something like that. What? You know, I don't know. So. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully in person soon. Yeah. 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 Grab a drink and sing a karaoke song. Oh, that would be so much fun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
show is a production of SegaBits. SegaBits is a fan site that is not in any way officially affiliated with Sega. Sonic the Hedgehog and all Sega-related trademarks are copyright Sega. All other featured trademarks are the property of their respective owners. Don't forget to check out SegaBits.com, and you can find us on all major social networks. Just search SegaBits. Okay.